Hello all, welcome to The Divine Intervention. I'm here with Craig Compton. Craig, are you back on Twitter? Uh, I guess you could say that. Well, we won't have you follow Craig. He doesn't seem no. to want any new followers. I think I have like three followers maybe. So, you know, I'm growing, but I mainly, I don't post anything. I just like to read stuff. I like to follow, you know, athletes and coaches and stay up to date that way. That's that's how I keep up on the news, I guess. He's there, but he won't update you. We'll wait to share his yeah. handle until uh, until he grows big and then kind of surpasses a thousand followers. Maybe I'm not quite there myself, but you can follow me at Divine Identity. Today we're going to talk about fall camp and BTN just uh, is doing their bus tour. Stopped by Ann Arbor's campus, checked out the weight room, checked out the practice. A lot of awesome things. Just good to really get our first visual. Um, look at what's going on around Michigan football. Obviously, we're all really excited for the season to get going. And we'll start with something that Jim Harbaugh has said. Nick, Nick Bumgarner said that Jim Harbaugh returned to the well as he has season after season. Uh, he has declined to name a starter at the quarterback position in each of his first three seasons as Michigan's head coach. So far, he's declined to name the starting quarterback for this season. Uh, he says the quarterback battle is raging on and that it's one of the most competitive battles out of all position groups. Uh, also goes on to say that he hasn't decided if he'll announce his choice uh, and make it public, uh, but he hopes to decide himself sooner than later. Craig, overall, what is your take on, first and foremost, um, that there's a battle that's raging on right now? Well, there's always that battle that's raging on all four years now. There's always been a just a competitive guys going out and competing and laying it all out on the line and you know we'll just throw the footballs out and yada 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 I thought that you know Nick's Nick's quote there going back to the well I thought that that hit the nail on the head um he seems to have the same three or four sayings every single year when it comes to quarterbacks and I don't know maybe I'm I'm being negative Nancy about it but I'm sick of hearing it um just Tell them who your quarterback is and let's go play. I think, especially with this team, I think you know they need to know. And he said in the past that the team knows who the starter is and yada, yada, yada. But I feel like it's an added distraction that we have to keep having this conversation every single summer, every single you know fall going into the season, who's going to be the quarterback. And the media takes time away from you know other things by asking guys Chris Evans you know I read that interview with him about who you know what he thinks about Shea Patterson and he's still saying the same things as Jim Harbaugh you know both you know all quarterbacks are are right there they're all competing yada 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 just just go with your guy whoever it is I don't care who it is but let's cut this out part of me thinks that you do this to let other guys know that they still have a chance. But I think this year, more than even last year, uh, last year we had a good idea that it was going to be Wilton Spate. The year before, uh, I think people could guess, uh, and, and it was Wilton Spate. Obviously the 2016 team that had a lot of talent, uh, and he played pretty well as the season uh, went on until really about late. And I think that this year, and I know there's a lot of hype around the transfer of Shea Patterson coming from Ole Miss, so it changes things in terms of how the media talks about it. But I think we all pretty much would agree that we believe that Shea Patterson will be the starter. I think most of us at this point would be surprised if he's not. Uh, I'm still 
kind of on that wave. That's if Jim Harbaugh thinks he's putting the best quarterback out there. I don't care who's out there. You talked before the show, just win games, beat rivals, uh, win games that matter, uh, and do something in the season. And I guess we don't care what the offense looks like or who is that quarterback or who plays whatever position for that matter. But I do think maybe as the league tries to be more transparent with some of the, the things going on uh, at other schools within the, within the Big Ten and just schools around the nation and how things are trending in college sports, I think with the whole you're going to let people know who's injured, who's not before games, I think Jim Harbaugh might actually give some sort of depth chart this year, maybe not in great detail, but uh, maybe try to, to give a little bit more. If you're a good team, you don't have to hide things. Alabama doesn't have to hide things. They're not going to say who their quarterback is right away necessarily because they actually have a legitimate battle. But I'd say the best teams, Clemson, Ohio State, teams that are there and in the running every year, they don't hide things, and they still win games. Jim Harbaugh doesn't need to be private about the quarterback decision. And I would say if Shea Patterson's your guy, name him the starting quarterback, give him the confidence, let the media take that and run with it, and then just hope that he comes out and proves that he deserved to be the starter. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think, you know, you think about Alabama, and they've got that competition going on, and even Ohio State. Um, If you're Michigan and you have a guy like Dylan McCaffrey and even a Joe Milton and even Brandon Peters to an extreme, I mean, he may not have had the best season in some people's eyes last year, but he was a high-profile kid coming out of high school. You don't have those three guys on your roster and go out and get a guy like Shea Patterson and not have him be your starter. Um, Yeah, you could say whatever that happened with John O'Korn, but John O'Korn and Shea Patterson are not in the same class. Don't even compare that. Um, I just don't think that you go out and get a guy like Shea Shea Patterson and not name him your starter. Um, What bothers me the most about it is thinking about that Amazon uh, documentary that came out and looking back to the Florida game and you know all last year Jim Harbaugh said you know the team knows who the starter is they know who the guy is they know who they can rely on and then you look at the Florida game and they were planning on running two quarterbacks in that Mm -hmm. and then they come out of the halftime when things aren't going great and you see the scene where Wilton Spate and John O'Corn both are asking Harbaugh who's going who who's taking this series who's doing what you can't have that when you're in the heat of the moment um and even leading up to the season, there's got to be that healthy pecking order of, I'm the guy, these guys are chasing me, I've got to perform, um, and vice versa. Those guys looking up at whoever it is, I think it'll be Shea Patterson, but whoever that is, they they know what they've got to do to beat that guy rather than, well, it's open to six different guys, and I, I might be middle of the pack, I might be beating them, I don't know. So there's obviously a lot of coach speak when it comes to you hear stuff from the media, you hear what players have to say. Some players react a little differently. Some coaches react differently. Jay Harbaugh and Don Brown, the first two to talk to the media during fall camp, really seem to light up about Shea Patterson. Other players obviously have too. You do, like you said, get the Chris Evans or, or the Sean Garys who say, you know, all the quarterbacks are competing and making it difficult on the defense and and blah, blah, blah. I think Chris Evans literally said blah, blah, blah. I saw that I quoted. think he did, yeah. For me, it's, I think, the media wants to know, fans want to know, and again, it doesn't really matter. But I think if you're on the field and you're around the program every day, I'd be surprised if, one, Shea Patterson doesn't already know that he's going to be the starter unless sure. he really looks bad. Sure. I think that conversation's been had. 
Pep Hamilton, all the all the coaches know. I would say the players have a pretty good idea. I mean, we both played sports long enough to know that there are guys that are just simply better than other guys, yeah. and there's people that just have natural talent. I think if if a guy like Rashawn Gary, one of the most talented defenders uh, in the entire uh, college football league, Devin Bush, another great linebacker, all these guys who are up for preseason awards, they would know if Shea Patterson clearly looks like the starter. So I don't know how much it matters that the media and fans find out. I think we're that's I think why we're all pretty positive. What I will say though is and why I don't like the the privacy is Harbaugh does a good job at showing his excitement for the season. He likes to just talk about football in general. Just ready to get going. You hear the pads and you know how that sounds. It's exciting. Uh, guys are playing hard, focused, competition is high. These are all great things to hear. He talked about the receivers and kind of had a glowing review of the receivers uh, on the on the BTN uh, segment. Uh, and then he went on to say that there are also other guys really outside of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black, uh, maybe Nico Collins, Oliver Martin. He said there's some other guys who are really kind of stepping up, and he didn't want to give those away just yet. That, to me, is more acceptable than maybe the, the quarterback situation, in my eye. Uh, and I will say also the fact that there's no camera footage allowed, which really makes people like BTN mad, MGO Blue, shot some stuff, and that's what they used for the entire segment. We saw the same clips played literally the entire time on all the YouTube videos, all the Twitter posts, all the on the, all the stuff on BTN itself. And that, again, you don't want to show the offense. So if you don't want to say up-and-coming stars and, and allow people to kind of get some dirt on who else is going to be performing this year, who else might be toting the rock, uh, maybe what the RPO offense looks like, how much spread you might implement if a new quarterback plays, I realize that all of that is maybe stuff that's maybe more, I'm more willing to have him keep that private. But for me, if you've got Shea Patterson and it's going to be an obvious thing, just name him the starter, make the fans happy, and then just focus solely on him getting first team reps because I think that the closer we get, I think the more nervous I get if if I still hear that four guys are splitting reps. I want the starting quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines to be first team all the time really ready to get in there uh, on a tough road game against Notre Dame. What are your thoughts on, on sharing time with the first-team guys? I'll say, I mean, obviously this is a completely different thing, so hopefully nobody reads too much into this and jumps all over this. But, you know, playing high school football, I, I specifically remember a time where we had multiple guys that were maybe not necessarily great quarterbacks, but they all did something pretty good. Um and we just kind of had a, a true, honest quarterback competition. And guys on the team knew who the starter was. They knew who the best guy that gave us the best opportunity to win was without the coaches ever saying anything. Now, the coaches named a different guy the starter, and you know that, that led to some bad issues on the team. But um, with all that said, guys on the Michigan team, they know. They, they can tell in practice. Receivers know who they have chemistry with. Uh, line the line knows who they want to block for maybe not block for more but they know who they're gonna punch the ball in the end zone for um, things just seem to flow better I, I think about a podcast last year when Brandon Peters came in and you and I talked about how you know John O'Corn seemed like yeah he was kind of the rah-rah guy and guys didn't really want to let him down but Brandon Peters came in and it was like all right this is the dude we're gonna go out and ball out for this yep. guy and now it seems like that's kind of the flip 
flip side, you know, Shea Patterson comes in, and this is the guy that we want to go ball out for. Um, receivers are jacked about him. Running backs, uh, the line, coaches. I mean, his name is everywhere. And I guess when you transfer to a big-time university, that's what happens. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I'm getting real sick of all the, you know, the little one-liners of Jim Harbaugh saying, you know, all these motivational things that are supposed to distract you from the quarterback conversation. Just name who the guy is. Maybe I'm jumping the gun on that, but if we have another 9-4 and four season or a 10-3 and three season, I wonder how many people are going to be saying that same thing next year too. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's just name Shea Paris on the starter if he's a starter and, and say that you believe he's going to be dangerous in the Big Ten and is going to present something on offense that you've not had in your tenure at Michigan. Don't say why and how and, and what the scheme's going to look like. Don't show video footage of it, but just say, yeah, we've got a really dangerous player who's going to probably start for us, and we hope he does really awesome things. He's he's had some great uh, highlights at Ole Miss. Uh, he's had some things that we need to work on. If I'm a guy at practice and I'm the offensive line, you want to be able to block your best no matter who's back there. Your job is sure. to protect the quarterback, open up holes for the running game. But if you have Shea Patterson back there that is seeming to be more mobile than a quarterback Michigan's had, at least in Jim Harbaugh's time, you maybe want to work with him as much as possible yeah. because he's going to get out of the pocket and, plays, and try yeah. to make plays. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm Chris Evans, if I'm Karan Higdon, I want to know what guy I'm standing next to all season long. Those guys know that they're playing. It's very obvious that it's a 1-1 uh, a one-one situation. Karan Higdon and Chris Evans are the starting running backs. There's a lot of healthy competition behind them, but I just don't buy that. There's really that much competition when you're willing to say that Karan Higdon and Chris Evans are clearly the leaders. Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones clearly the leaders. Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, Chase Winovich clearly the leaders. Lavert Hill, other guys on the defense clearly leaders. If I'm Donovan Peoples-Jones, if I'm Tariq Black. You know how I went out there? Every single practice when I'm taking my reps, the starting quarterback because that's who I need the chemistry with. And I'm going to be mad if I had a split time with other guys that weren't actually benefiting me because every quarterback is different. It's like every human being is different. And I want the most time with a guy that's going to have my back and help make help me make plays as the season treks on. Yeah, I think you're right on. The other thing for me is – you look at the, the previous three years. There's been a quarterback battle all three years. And, and all three years, the guy that's ended up being the starter is who the fans have said all summer long. So I don't really know who's being fooled by this tactic of hiding your starting quarterback until the first snap of the season. I mean, we we all said it was going to be Rudock. We all said it was going to be Spate. We all said it was going to be Spate again last year. Um, and I just I don't get – why you continue to do that when it clearly hasn't, uh, you know, given you great results in the long run of the season. Um, just go with your guy and, and stick with him and name him the starter. Uh, I think back to the 2016 season when uh, about midway through the year, uh, maybe it was like October, Jim Harbaugh came out and said Wilton Spate was the best quarterback in the country. Um, and I specifically remember Things kind of changing for Wilton Spade at that point. I think actually that was the week leading up to the Iowa game, mm-hmm. which they lost. But from that point, you know, I felt like he kind of took it upon himself. This is my team. My coach fully believes in me. And I don't know if these guys at the beginning of the year really necessarily feel that way because he's not willing to just come out and say, 
hey, Shea Patterson's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. He's our guy. He's going to lead us to a Big Ten championship. I would much rather him say that and us finish fourth than dance around, oh, we've got four guys that could be great and us finish fourth. You know, I, I would rather him fully stand behind his guy and support one guy or a couple guys and, and fall short than dance around and then still fall short. So Shea Patterson's the starter, and we get to a, a game against Western Michigan. Michigan's up 28 points heading into halftime, which would be amazing even though it, it shouldn't be too – I mean, if Michigan's going to be really good this year, they should be blowing out teams like Western Michigan, teams like SMU. So if you get up and you see another quarterback, obviously we assume Brandon Peters. Is that who you want to see come in? Who, who's getting second time that you're most excited about? Do you want to see Dylan McCaffrey out there? Do you want to see Joe Milton out there? Do you um, want to see Brandon Peters? Who is it? That's You know, I'm a I, – I might be against popular belief, but I'm a big Brandon Peters fan. I think what he had last year was not fair to, to judge him on. I think he had a crap offensive line, um, some missing pieces on offense, some fans that were already turned against him, you know, through a few games in the season. Um, so I like Brandon Peters. I don't know who I'd necessarily want to see next. I'm excited about Peters, McCaffrey, and Milton. Uh, if if we could find a way for all four of these guys to play, I would be most excited about that. Um, I guess if I had to pick one, I think it would be McCaffrey because what I'm nervous of is him never playing it down at Michigan. Um not get not playing this year, and then maybe next year if Patterson stays around or doesn't stay around, maybe Milton jumps him on the depth chart. I don't know. Um, we've seen Peters a little bit play, so I not that I know what to expect, but I've at least seen him play. So I'd like to see McCaffrey play, but I also there's a lot of hype about Joe Milton. I know that you you are a Joe Milton fan through and through. I think Absolutely. you just purchased a jersey, so uh, I don't know. I I'm do excited. have a number five jersey. Well, perfect. I'm excited about all four quarterbacks. I think all four of them are better than where we were, and I even think Jeff George rounding out the the quarterback Absolutely. depth chart. Um, I think he provides something somewhere along the line. At least experience and, and just having another vocal presence in sure. practice, if, if anything, as well as those other guys. Just Again, I think there's always going to be healthy competition, and I'm excited to hear that the competition is fierce and hope that that's actually legitimately true but you can still have a fierce competition for a backup spot, just like you see with the running back positions. Last question, Craig, and we'll talk more about this as the season goes on. Shea Patterson's the starter. He comes out. Michigan beats Notre Dame. He looks average. He doesn't look as good in the next two games against weaker opponents. How long do you give him until fans start calling for his head if he's not performing up to their expectation? I think the Western Michigan game, just based on – my knowledge as a Michigan fan and seeing how Michigan fans react to things, um, honestly, a big reason that I got off social media was because of Michigan fans. They might be my least favorite fans at times. Uh, love celebrating with them, but man, when things are a little rocky, they really turn on people. Uh, we saw the whole John O'Corn and Wilton Spate thing a few weeks ago. It, I don't know what they were getting at there, but if they were saying the fans, I guess I can't really blame them because I, I've seen some really mm-hmm. stupid things posted and said, and I, I know I've said things in the past, but I'm trying to you know, turn over a new leaf there last year. Um, so I think if things if he plays okay in the Notre Dame game 
and then comes out slow against Western, and, and we're not just blowing them out in the first half. I think rumblings will start there, um, just based on where the quarterback play has been the last how many ever years. If I could call on fans just to be better this year, I mean, I've I've managed the the Wolverine Sounds Twitter account for a season now, uh, which used to be the Big House Report for at least three seasons before that. It seems like. Uh, just running the social media during the game, sending out some updates and opinions here and there. I mean, Craig, just the responses that that handle gets. Yeah. And, and that's not even the most well-known handle uh, with, the, with the most out-there opinions. I mean, right. just the, the things that we get alone uh, and comments, even even sharing uh, the what Michigan fans should think about Urban Meyer uh, podcast and seeing the responses to that. People who clearly didn't listen to the podcast because they responded two minutes later right. just have ridiculous opinions once in a while. And, and that's just fans in general. That happens all sports, all teams, no matter what the level is. Even in the high school level, you can have some of that stuff. But if we can just be better, more supportive, better, and just less angry, I think that we'd all have such a better season. And then Craig would enjoy Twitter again. I want, I want Craig to be on Twitter. That's the biggest thing. To yeah. enjoy. He deserves a Twitter where Michigan fans are positive. And we will absolutely be sharing his Twitter when Michigan wins the national championship in the coming years. Because then he'll want to celebrate with everybody. Because those are the fans that we want to hang out with. We'll have a party and invite Twitter fans. The best time on Twitter is during March Madness the last few years. Yeah, uh, And about... July, middle of July until, uh, depending on how the first game goes, the middle of uh, maybe October. That's that's kind of where I get on Twitter, and then I'm off for the rest yep. of the year because especially if it's going to be an eight and four, eight and five season. Yeah. Well, I, I think, man, I think this Notre Dame game, as we get closer and closer, it becomes such a bigger game in my mind because if we lose that game, I could see fans turning so quickly on everything um i think so many people in their heads have this built up as a national championship or bust season um and gosh we we've got some talent but i was watching the alabama georgia game national championship game from last year the other day it was on replay on tv and just seeing where those programs are at you know not saying that michigan's not in a great spot but holy cow where we were three, four years ago to where we are now, I mean, is a, is a great improvement. And I've seen a lot of people this week criticizing Jim Harbaugh and his recru- recruiting classes, and that's just asinine because yeah. look at John Beeline's recruiting classes mm-hmm. and see what he does with it. Mm-hmm. Give the guy some time, trust the coaching staff, trust the process, and talk to us in four years, see where we're at. I really hope we got some championships in four years. For me, just Big Ten championship. Yeah. At least making the bit drop to Wisconsin if you need to. Uh, lose to Iowa. I don't, I don't care what it is. Just win and, and enough games to make the Big Ten championship. And if you drop a heartbreaker at the end of the season to a good Ohio State team, no matter who leads that team, you lost to a good Ohio State team. Right. Don't lose three games before that uh, to get yourself out of the out of the equation already don't lose the first game and then lose one against nebraska and michigan state and penn state and wisconsin because that's when fans get the most mad will it hurt if you are undefeated and lose to ohio state and maybe lose a bowl game sure but if you you have a 10 win season the conversation is much better than it is if you have an eight win season i think that's what we ran into last year well we'll be back with plenty more before the season starts uh hopefully some new hot takes 
uh, and some good information. I, I would love, Craig, to talk about a starting quarterback uh, next week and actually have a starting quarterback named. I doubt that's going to happen. Either way, we'll come up with something to talk about. Uh, eventually, we'll preview Michigan Notre Dame. We're excited for that. Thanks for listening. Go Blue.